Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Welcome to Kicks and Bricks. Today we have a special guest, AJ Ross, joining us. Um, what's going on, AJ? Hi, thanks for having me. I feel special to be here. <laughs> We're living in such a crazy time. Like, there's a lot of political unrest in our country, and like many blacks are dying and um, wrapped up in all of that. Is America's love for sports? Like, the NBA restart is right around the corner. Like, how do you feel about that going on in the midst of everything that's happening? right now? It's a complicated question because I agree with you. This is a historic time. It's an inspirational time. Had it not been for the pandemic, it is certainly questionable if all of our attention, our collective attention would have been devoted to these important causes. And they're not political causes. They're human causes. They affect all of us. Unfortunately, as Black Americans, we have been disproportionately affected by police violence, excessive force by systematic oppression. And it's encouraging to see these companies, these corporations, including the NBA, get behind these very important causes. I understand how sports can be a unifying and almost like a universal language. It's, it has this special power in bringing us all together. So I'm not completely on the side of like no sports right now because we are trying to, you know, everyday Americans are trying to get back to work. We're trying to get to some sense of normalcy and being able to provide for our families. So who am I or anyone else to say that these guys shouldn't have a means to do so for their loved ones? But I just hope that the messages and the cause that we have been fighting for and still continue to fight for don't get lost in entertainment. Yeah, and one thing that... um how I feel about that is um like I think sports can like kind of distract us from it like it will provide us like a good light of hope at the end of the tunnel yeah but I mean you could argue that a lot of things distract us right you could say music at times distracts us I don't know if you've been watching you know the versus competitions they've been entertaining for me you know so we can make the argument that you know we're so hungry for entertainment all the time and even apart from that, just collectively, our attention span is just so short. You know, something is in a news cycle for 24 hours, you know, after that, it's kind of hard to keep people, you know, paying attention and being passionate day after day after day. If they don't have something in their face, if they don't have something directly impacting them. The perfect example is Breonna Taylor. This past Monday marked four months since she was murdered in her home in Louisville. And the protests for her haven't been as vast or as significant as they've been for George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and countless others. And I'm not making it a thing against, you know, women per se, but I'm just saying that she hasn't received the national attention 
and the momentum behind her movement in particular has seemed to dissipate and the NBA bubble hasn't even, you know, really unfolded yet. And I think like once the bubble gets underway, like I think like some players have told me like off the record that they'll do something for Breonna Taylor to like kind of bring her situation back into the light until those officers are arrested. That's assuring to hear and we need more voices. There's not enough. So I hope they do. I know the WNBA should be included in the conversations or not, you know, there's just this conversation, but in conversations in general, I don't think enough credit is given to the WNBA for being a progressive league as well, for taking a bold stand, both the players and the league itself. They have a new uh, platform, the justice movement, the players association, as well as the league also developed a, a social justice council, which is going to provide spaces for conversations with community leaders and players and it'll be a, a combination of, you know, um, community things as well as podcasts and other, you know, outreach programs to keep these conversations going forward. And like the WNBA, they they've they've always been in the forefront. Like I remember covering a Liberty game a couple years ago, and um, I forgot what happened, but um, but the players they wouldn't answer any basketball related questions. They would only answer questions about um. I think it was another case of like the police doing something to another black person. I really mm -hmm. forgot what happened, but um, but yeah, that league has always been in the forefront of um, kind of social injustice. Definitely, even this year, I think they were the first to publicly say that they were going to change, you know, or give the option to players to change names on the back of their jerseys, and their floor is going to be. Um, different, I think, with a hashtag, say her name, or Black Lives Matter, you know, just not enough attention is, or, you know, due credit is given often to the WNBA. And what do you think about um, the owner from from their, from their Atlanta franchise, um, Kelly LaFour? I think that's her last name. Um, like Yeah, the senator. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's wild to me. Like she owned that team for so long, and and now everything she was saying is just starting to come in the forefront. Like like somebody like that shouldn't be in pro sports, in my opinion. Agreed. No no debate here. And I think twenty twenty especially has exposed a lot of people for who they are and what they really think about different issues. It was inexcusable what she said, and I think she's trying to appeal to a very specific political base, being that it is an election year. And she, I guess, cost-benefit analysis feels that's more important than her investment in the franchise, which is unfortunate. But I know other people have stepped up to the plate and offered to, you know, take her her share of ownership. So, you know, good riddance. And, and I like. And me personally, I would like to see like a fresh face get a shot at ownership, like somebody like Baron Davis, or right. um, like because because I think somebody like him, he'll bring like a whole new light on the league. Yeah, and being an NBA vet and showing his support for the W, also in and of itself is a statement, and Kobe and others have been doing that or had been doing that, so. It just adds to, again, the overall appeal and 
more eyeballs watching the W because there's a lot of talent there and these women are phenomenal in their own right. And one thing I like about the bubble that's going on now is um like all these videos that the players are posting. Like this is the yeah. content we needed during quarantine. Like I would pay to watch a reality show like based on NBA players and their experience in the bubble. Yeah, I've been really impressed with the vlogs and you know, as someone involved in the media, it can't be understated that that's not always easy, taping everything, editing it together in an entertaining way. So it has been, for me, really fun seeing the behind the scenes, the uh, jokes, just, you know, making something as nuanced and boring as checking into your, your room entertaining, right? Because we're, again, so starved for content that, you know, just watching what they're eating on a daily basis is entertaining. So... Yeah, it's cool. Have you seen like some of the food that that some of the players been on um, posting? Like some of the meals to me look like recipes from Ja Rule's uh, microwave cookbook or something from Fire <laughs> Festival. I have not seen Ja Rule's cookbook for a reason, <laughs> so I'll just take your word for it. But I also agree with Jay Williams. You know, he went on a rant the other day about these guys, not all of them, but some of them kind of being prima donnas and complaining about the food and, you know, their, their living situation. And it's like you you play a game for a living, not to minimize the game. I love the game, but it is at the end of the day, not life and death. You're not out here like thousands of others on the front lines battling this pandemic. Others, millions of others are, you know, jobless, have real problems. Right. So if you're you know, unsalted chicken and your whatever star you want to attribute accommodations aren't enough or not good for you. You know, you need to get over that and keep perspective. You know what I mean? Keep yeah. perspective. And yeah, what do you think about the snitch hotline? Like some players that are That is treating, hilarious to me. Yeah, some some players are um, treating that like a Karen in a park sitting across from a black dude. Right. I, I would assume prior to the setup of this hotline that they vetted or they would have a system of vetting whomever is calling. Cause that would be a real easy strategic way to be like, all right, we're going to take Kawhi out. You call, I call, have so-and-so call, you know? So I don't know what they're saying, but I did, I went on NBA.com right before this interview to kind of brush up and make sure I wasn't missing anything. And the last report I saw, it was only a handful of calls that have been on the hotline. So you know how sometimes things get blown out of proportion. It's not like it's been dozens of calls already. So I, I would think that there's a system in place that they're like, all right, this is a valid complaint or, you know, people are just trying to, you know, divert attention and get people in trouble. Who do you think's been calling? I have a funny suspicion that one of those dudes is um, the guy from the State Farm commercial. Oh, you trying to call out CP3? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Just because of his involvement with the union or what, what you trying to say? I about? mean, he'll do anything to win. So like, and if, and if that means getting somebody in quarantine for two extra weeks, he'll do it. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk bad about the man, you know, so I'll, I'll leave that to you. You said that, attribute <laughs> that to you. All right. So like basketball is a sport that, that requires like, peak health like and with COVID yeah. and with COVID being a respiratory disease 
Like, a part of me think it's pretty irresponsible, like, for the NBA to put these guys in a situation where their lungs can, their lungs and their airways could be easily compromised. I don't take as much issue with how COVID affects us. Yes, it's horrific. I'm not negating that. My bigger concern is of all the places they could have set up this bubble. And I know things were in the works long before the numbers started spiking again in Florida, but nonetheless, Florida is not the place to be right now. So that doesn't make sense to me. And there's, there's a lot of variables at play in how this can unfold to your point, you know, people keep on testing positive or, you know, anything can happen in the next few weeks, next few months. And if guys aren't able to play, certain stars aren't able to play because they have to go back into quarantine, right. you know, this can, this can implode really quickly. Right. And there's been like a lot of kickback from players, both past and present. I know um, Kendrick Perkins had a lot to say. And like Perk last always has a yeah. lot to say about everything though. <laughs> and last month, Kyrie, he led a group of players uh, like who, who feel like uneasy playing in Orlando because of the events of the world. Right. Yeah, because of the events in the world that's happening right now. Right. And again, at the professional level, at the collegiate level, who are any of us to say someone should play no matter what? Because this this is a virus that even the experts are still figuring out. You know, they don't have all the answers. So not only short-term effects but long term you know how does this if you contract it how does this impact your health later on down the line there's just so many unknowns so you know I'm not gonna say anything bad about anyone who's just like you know what I don't want to be anywhere near that and like this isn't the first time like Kyrie hasn't been afraid to speak up and like sort of be the voice of the voiceless I remember mm -hmm. a few years back um he basically said fuck Thanksgiving because of the treatment that Native Americans received in this country. Right. Uh, I respect Kyrie. He seems to be on a transformational path and becoming increasingly vocal about different issues. So I hope he stays that way. And, you know, I hope when he's back to full health and full strength that, uh, you know, he stays, he keeps that same energy. Do you think um, he's going to come back with some wild conspiracy theory? You think what? I'm sorry? Um, do you think he's going to come back with some wild conspiracy theory about the virus or like the world being flat? Because you know he's always into that um, <laughs> sort of thing. I can't call it with anybody. Like I said, 2020 has been a year like someone could say a UFO landed adjacent to the NBA bubble. And I'd be like, ah, all right, you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't call what's coming out of people's mouths, what they believe, you know, it's just a wild year. If that UFO landed, I'm pretty sure Chris Paul would, would be on Here the snitch go. hotline. Here you go. Chris ain't never going to give you a good quote. <laughs> I'm not trying to be in your lane. Chris, I did not say that. Right, um, and one thing I do like about the bubble is, like you mentioned earlier, is that um, like players, they get to wear their individual pre-approved statement on their back of their jersey. Um, I think Bron, he's wearing um, he's wearing his name, him and AD, but others, they're wearing like Black Lives Matter and um, mm -hmm. Remember Her Name, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, say her name. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be pretty funny and fitting if the NBA allowed um, – 
LeBron to wear you bum on on the back of his <laughs> uniform. I heard that LeBron has some other, you know, means to how he's trying to further the cause. And that was his explanation for not wanting to, you know, go with the hashtag on the back of his jersey. I think it'll be interesting, even from a creativity standpoint, if somebody comes up with a hashtag or something else that has not been already commonly used or, you know, just how these guys choose to use their platforms in general moving forward. It's just something, again, that's historic and I'm excited to see. And we need more people like um, Braun, Mello, Natasha McLeod, Bradley Beal, Mm -hmm. and and even CP3. I mean, like, I think they're real credit to the game um, of what they're doing both on the court and off the court. And I think, like, more athletes should be more like them when it comes to um, standing up for the rights of of black people. Yeah, and I would add Maya Moore to the list, even though she's not currently playing. She's sacrificed everything long before this became, I don't want to say it's trendy now, but you know what I mean? Before, like we said, this pandemic, would we have given the same attention and passion to these causes? And Maya Moore and Cap were ahead of their time. Right, she basically gave up a year or two of of her career to um to free a guy who got an excessive sentence, like when mm-hmm. when he, when he was a teenager. Mhm. In her uh, prime. Yeah, right, and that just shows her unselfishness and yeah, and the way she um feels about her community. Yeah, she is. She's a real one. No debating. Like, I hope these um, incidents will get better for us, like, as a people. And, like, hopefully within the next five or ten years, we, like, like we won't be talking about, like, an unarmed black guy being killed or, or um, somebody saying this about a certain community. I pray so. I don't know what the timeline will be because, right. you know, it's not a one- dimensional thing it's it's across the board it's systemic so again because there's now corporate support at least surface level corporate support i sincerely hope that there's this momentum does change and it being an election year it'll be very interesting to see how different pieces may or may not get into different positions and uh you know from a lawmaking and legislative point of view if things can really or changes can really be affected from from that there as well yeah and like the only way to like kind of promote and have real change is for us to exercise our right to vote and i think this election is probably more important than like 2016 and hopefully um like the people won't treat it as a joke as they did um in 2016. Right. And what I've been telling people, it's yes, this is a magnanimous election year as far as the presidential election, but local elections matter just as much, especially when it comes to police budgets, when it comes to your local district attorney, when it comes to, you know, federal judges, it it matters voting on the local level. And these are all things that affect your daily life more so than what happens at the federal level.
And like speaking of local, the only way I like I think um, Breonna Taylor's killers would be arrested if there's a change in that local office because the way that they're moving now, they have no interest in um, arresting those guys. And to me, it's crazy that I have a better chance of getting a pair of um, Dior Air Jordan ones than seeing her killers arrested. I mean, the way the sneakers app is set up, <laughs> I would hope there is a better chance for justice. You know, that's one of the tenets of what this country was uh, founded upon. And I, I really, you know, it's, it's disheartening that it has taken this long. The attorney general in Kentucky, who is a black man, says he doesn't want people rushing him, which, you know, it's fair to some degree, but I don't know how much longer you need if information, facts have been relayed. I don't know what else is you know, happening at this very point. Like what other information needs to be gathered? What other facts do you need to not make some sort of conclusive decision one way or the other about this case? And I think eventually her killers will be arrested, but it just won't happen within the next couple of months. Well, hopefully people keep on applying pressure. I read just this morning, I think 80-something people were arrested protesting on the uh, Kentucky Attorney General's lawn last night or the night before. So they're, they're trying to, you know, consistently apply pressure on him and keep Brianna's name in the news cycle. Uh, that's something else that I feel is also paramount to, you know, there being change when you don't see her name trending, when you don't see a lot of people or enough people talking about this specific case. Then, of course, you know, the local entities aren't going to feel as much pressure to do anything because it's like, well, people don't care. So why should we? Right. That's true. Um, so I just want to thank you for joining us today. Um you are very insightful, and um, we look forward to seeing you on the sidelines once this COVID pandemic is over. Thank you. Thank you. I, I hope to be back on the sidelines, and I hope fans can get back in the stadiums and arenas, too. Pray for all of us. Thank you.